This podcast gives you a chance to sample four audiobooks from Penguin Audio that are designed to help inspire you, either in your work life or your personal life. Listening to an audiobook is perfect for your commute or to keep you going during a session in the gym. And these four offer fascinating insight into the way we think, feel and work. Try this extract of Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, one of Pixar's founders. On November 22, 1995, Toy Story debuted in America's theaters and became the largest Thanksgiving opening in history. Critics heralded it as inventive, time, brilliant and exultantly witty, the New York Times, and visionary, Chicago Sun-Times. To find a movie worthy of comparison, wrote the Washington Post, one had to go back to 1939, to The Wizard of Oz. The making of Toy Story, the first feature film to be animated entirely on a computer, had required every ounce of our tenacity, artistry, technical wizardry, and endurance. The hundred or so men and women who produced it had weathered countless ups and downs as well as the ever-present, hair-raising knowledge that our survival depended on this 80-minute experiment. For five straight years, we'd fought to do Toy Story our way. We'd resisted the advice of Disney executives who believed that since they'd had such success with musicals, we too should fill our movie with songs. We'd rebooted the story completely more than once to make sure it rang true. We'd worked nights, weekends, and holidays mostly without complaint. Despite being novice filmmakers at a fledgling studio in dire financial straits, we had put our faith in a simple idea. If we made something that we wanted to see, others would want to see it too. For so long, it felt like we had been pushing that rock up the hill trying to do the impossible. There were plenty of moments when the future of Pixar was in doubt. Now we were suddenly being held up as an example of what could happen when artists trusted their guts. Toy Story went on to become the top-grossing film of the year and would earn $358 million worldwide. But it wasn't just the numbers that made us proud. Money, after all, is just one measure of a thriving company and usually not the most meaningful one. No, what I found gratifying was what we'd created. Review after review focused on the film's moving plotline and its rich three-dimensional characters, only briefly mentioning, almost as an aside, that it had been made on a computer. While there was much innovation that enabled our work, we had not let the technology overwhelm our real purpose, making a great film. On a personal level, Toy Story represented the fulfillment of a goal I had pursued for more than two decades and had dreamed about since I was a boy. Growing up in the 1950s, I had yearned to be a Disney animator but had no idea how to go about it. Instinctively, I realize now, I embraced computer graphics, then a new field, 
as a means of pursuing that dream. If I couldn't animate by hand, there had to be another way. In graduate school, I'd quietly set a goal of making the first computer-animated feature film, and I'd worked tirelessly for 20 years to accomplish it. Now, the goal that had been a driving force in my life had been reached, and there was an enormous sense of relief and exhilaration, at least at first. In the wake of Toy Story's release, we took the company public, raising the kind of money that would ensure our future as an independent production house, and began work on two new feature-length projects, A Bug's Life and Toy Story 2. Everything was going our way, and yet I felt adrift. In fulfilling a goal, I had lost some essential framework. Is this really what I want to do? I began asking myself. The doubts surprised and confused me, and I kept them to myself. I had served as Pixar's president for most of the company's existence. I loved the place and everything that it stood for. Still, I couldn't deny that achieving the goal that had defined my professional life had left me without one. Is this all there is? I wondered. Is it time for a new challenge? It wasn't that I thought Pixar had arrived or that my work was done. I knew there were major obstacles in front of us. The company was growing quickly with lots of shareholders to please, and we were racing to put two new films into production. There was, in short, plenty to occupy my working hours. But my internal sense of purpose, the thing that had led me to sleep on the floor of the computer lab in graduate school just to get more hours on the mainframe, that kept me awake at night as a kid solving puzzles in my head, that fueled my every workday, had gone missing. I'd spent two decades building a train and laying its track. Now the thought of merely driving it struck me as a far less interesting task. Was making one film after another enough to engage me, I wondered? What would be my organizing principle now? It would take a full year for the answer to emerge. That was an extract of Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, read by Peter Altshuler. In the audiobook, Catmull reveals the ideals and techniques honed over years that have made Pixar so widely admired and so profitable. You can download the audiobook now from Apple Books, Audible or Google Play.